Good morning, Connect family. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Why don't we stand up, put our stuff down, put our worries, our doubts down. We're just going to praise the Lord this morning. God is good all the time.
Well, do you mean that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You gonna praise him anywhere? Yeah. Well, let me hear ya. <laughs> come on, oh, come on, we can do better than that. Okay, let's give him a shout of praise and a clap, and we're just gonna say, thank you, Jesus! Ready, one, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, bless you, God. All right, you may be seated. All right, it's announcement time. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad those of you who are tuning in are tuning in. We love each and every one of you. Um, <clears throat> listen, uh, if you are new here today, and if you're not new here today, that should be everybody in the room. Just saying, you can check in. Uh, you can check in on the, with, by that number, or you can check in on the app. And don't worry if you're a guest, we're not going to hound you or anything. We just would like to welcome you. Um, also, this is, this is how you get your prayer requests to us. We have a prayer team that meets every Monday morning, and they pray for you by name. And so we believe in prayer. Do you believe in prayer? Yeah. So get your prayer requests in. Please don't forget to utilize that. Um, we've seen some amazing things. You can also, speaking of the app, if you don't have it, you should get it because it's there, it's kind of a hub, and you can sign up for several things. One of the things is giving. You can give online, you can give in the app, or you can give by uh, the envelopes that are in your seat pockets, and we'll pass the baskets around later. Um, you can also give at the back, um, but uh, we have a list of things. You know it's that time of year. We're on the downhill stretch now till Christmas, right? So there are some opportunities we want you to be involved in. Uh, one of those is the Christmas stroll. Now, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, most of you know, that's going to be on December 2nd. Um, but the Christmas stroll is, boy, one of Bozeman's biggest draws. Um, hundreds and hundreds of people will walk that street for three hours and just do all the things that are holiday related. This is like Bozeman's introduction to Christmas. And so we are going to be there. We will have a booth. Um, and I do not have the setup time here. Um, 3.30. So, so if you, we need for you to sign up. Listen, we can't do anything if we don't have people. It's, it's, this is our job as Jesus followers to provide these things for our community. And um, so uh, let me see. I'm checking my, we've got a booth. We're going to be serving hot chocolate and donuts. And we're going to be inviting folks to connect. Do you know how many people are here in this valley and don't have a church home? And half the time, they don't have a church home because they don't know where to go because nobody's inviting them to church. <laughs> When's the last time you invited your coworker? Thanks, man. Got my bag. Ah, okay, so we need folks for four things, four errors. And listen, you'd only serve an hour, so your family's not going to get cheated if you decide to do the Jesus thing along with the family thing. Again, it's just a little guilt there. <laughs> All right. Um, 
We need a setup team, a serving team, a welcoming team, and a teardown team. It's not gonna take you very long. Like I said, we're figuring an hour and setup and teardown may not even take that long, but it, we need folks, we need people, right? Um, and so please sign up in that app. And again, reminding you, those spots are only one hour long. Can you give an hour out of your week? I think you can. Come on. Now, um, because we need you. And listen, we, the leaders, we are not the church. That's right. You're the church. And if you don't show up, the church doesn't show up. So I'm just saying, please, please consider this. This is a great ministry opportunity, especially if you're not real comfortable talking to strangers. <laughs> you're gonna get the opportunity. I'm not real comfortable talking to strangers either, so I will be there. Um, okay, our next one is Operation Christmas Child. Some of you know, those are the boxes that get sent all over the world with gifts for children who would never otherwise have a gift at Christmas. And it's just an expression of the love of Jesus. Now, kindly remember, the information is at the back on the table below the sound booth. And please remember that those are due November 19th, which is next week, next Sunday. So you only got a week, but you'll have a good time uh, filling that. It's a great thing with kids, for kids too. The other thing is our Christmas Eve choir. Now, um, uh, we, we will take more people in the choir. Lucas is our fearless choir leader, and he's fabulous. And so like if you're hankering for a flashback to high school or, or you know, college, that's, that was me, jump in. Um, we still could use more singers. And so um, if this even strikes your fancy just a little, please sign up. It's going to be awesome. I already know what we're doing. So um, just saying you want to be there because it's cool. It's where the cool people will be. Um, today, after church, right after this morning gathering, we're going to have our church uh, member meeting just to quickly vote in Jeff Vockel as an elder. So we'd like you to just, if you could just stay a few extra minutes after service, we will, we will get in, get it done, and get out, okay? So um, please, please be there. Um, because this is this matters, and and so we want to. Okay, enough talking. Gosh, I'm not very good at announcements. All right. I, I, if I was going to teach, well, you know, Katie bar the door. All right, let's let's uh, let's stand. We're going to worship again, and let's just pray. God, we are making a decision right here and right now right here and right now, to stand in the gap between everything that has gone on before today and everything that might happen in the future. We refuse right now, in the name of Jesus, to partner with any prognostications, any future telling, any reading of the bad that might happen, which is worry. We refuse to partner with that right now. We only want your voice, God. And so we are going to stand in this place. We're going to put everything down. And we're going to lift our hands and we're going to worship you because you are worth it. You are worth it, Jesus. You are worth it. Father, let us be a people who understand who you are on earth before we ever get to heaven. Let us be a people truly building the kingdom. One praise at a time. We just thank you, Jesus.
Let's pray together this morning. God, you are great. That word doesn't even really adequately describe who you are. And, and really, language fails us sometimes when we just try to express how awesome you are. But God, today, with, with the best that we have, we just, we just want to come together in this place and worship you. We're using language, we're using music, we're waving flags, we're raising our hands, just what, whatever we have at our disposal, God, we just want to, we, we just want to give it to you and express it to you because we're so grateful and we're so in awe of who you are and what you've done for us and, and how good you are. thing we've sung this morning that has just grabbed my attention is that line in the song we sang a, a couple of minutes ago, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's my story this week. Anybody else in the room, you just needed something from the Lord and you, you reached out to him and he heard you and he answered. If that's your story, would you raise your hand this morning? Because I think somebody here needs some encouragement that if you reach out to the Lord, he will, he, will, he will hear you. He will answer you. Can we just go back to that, Michelle? I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I Come on, sing it. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Do you know why this is important? It's important because when we hit a crisis, when we hit a wall, you got to remember that in the past, he heard you and he answered you. Because that's going to build your faith so you won't freak out the next time around. You hear what I'm saying? So we've, we've got to remind ourselves that he's heard us in the past and he's answered, and that's why I trust him. Come on, sing it with me again. I sought the Lord and he heard. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. 
Somebody in this room needs you to tell them he will never fail. Why don't you look around your little neighborhood? See who needs a little bit of encouragement. Tell him he will never fail. He will never fail. Never, ever, ever. He won't fail. about you but I needed that song this week so good morning everybody glad to see you hey I think it's important and valuable for us to say thank you to our veterans this weekend yesterday was Veterans Day so thank you for your service thank you thank you I'm so grateful for the men and women who have served our country and kept us safe, and uh, thank you for serving. Um, kids, I believe your teachers are ready for you. I see Jason in the back. I'm sure there's other teachers ready for you, so you can go back to your classrooms if you want to go. They're going very slowly today, so I don't know what that means. Uh, we love our kids, and uh, we're going to pass the baskets in just a second. Let me just say a, a couple of things about giving just before you pass those baskets. Uh, you'll see a giving report up on the screen. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I shared with you that we're running behind, a little alarmingly behind this year. And so those are the hard figures there on the screen. Uh, we have really tightened our belts in terms of spending at Connect, so it's not as bad as that looks because we are not spending what we budgeted, at, you know, because we just don't have the money to spend. So, uh, but I just want you to know that's where we are. And I also just want to say thank you to those of you that have been digging deep and giving extra. Uh, we've received some people that have just given something extra to help us make up the difference, and I want to say thank you to all of you that are doing that. Every little bit counts, and every person counts, and no matter how big or small you think your gift is, it matters, because it's when we all come together that we get the job done. And I wanted to share this with you, too, because this just warmed my heart this week. We received a, a gift in the mail uh, from the estate of Harv Schmautz. Do you guys remember Harv Schmautz? He, he was a retired pastor. This makes me a little emotional. He was a retired pastor. He uh, spent his retirement years in Connect Church, joined us the first year we were open. And he served and he prayed and he led and he mentored me. And he passed away, I think, about five years ago. And I didn't know that he had left money to Connect 
and we got a disbursement from his estate this week. And um, wow, you know, just wow. So um, thank you, Lord, for, thank you, Harv, for, thank you, God, for Harv. Here's a little known secret. Uh, Harv's wife, Ray, uh, when Harv died, gave us a very generous gift, and it's the money we used to buy our piano. And so that happened when we first moved into the building, and we refer to the piano affectionately as Harv. That's what we call that piano, is Harv. And our musicians know that his, the piano's name in, in our soundboard, in, in the mixer board, is Harv 1 and Harv 2. But you guys probably didn't know that, but Harv was very special. And Anyway, all that to say, thank you so much for partnering with us. And if this is your home church uh, and you haven't yet become a giving partner, man, I really invite you to do that. Uh, there's blessings for you when you give and when you become a part of this community. And, and it matters. You matter and your gifts matter and your talents matter and your hugs matter. It's, it's all part of who we are. So uh, can we pray and then we'll pass the baskets. Uh, Jesus, I, I'm just so moved, Lord, by this generosity of this church family. And, and uh, Lord, years after Harv's death, his generosity is still speaking to us. And, and I'm so grateful. Lord, you've, you've never failed us. We can go back and tell the stories. This is why I trust in God, is their stories. And Lord, as we're, again, in this season, just short, uh, we trust you. And we're not afraid and we're not, gonna, we're not gonna freak out, but we're gonna remind you every day, God, that we have a need and trust you to provide it in the way you do. So, Lord, thank you for those that are giving today. And I pray, Lord, that you will just return to people who are, are faithful givers. Lord, just give them more so they can give more. That's a scriptural principle. And uh, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, the baskets are on the far right side of each row. If you'll grab those under the chairs and pass those down, our team will pick those up. Anybody in the room know an actor? Do you have an actor in your life who performs like on stage in plays or musicals or those kinds of things? You've got, <laughs> you're, are you an actor? You are an actor. <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard the phrase, break a leg? Okay. Do you know where that phrase comes from? I don't know if you know this. This is an actor's. Did you know that actors are kind of a superstitious bunch of people? And actors believe that if you wish somebody good luck, it'll actually turn and curse them and it'll bring bad luck on the stage. And so what they do when they say break a leg is they are wishing something terrible to happen on them, trusting that that will be reversed and good will come to the actor. Okay, just kind of silly. But that's why actors say break a leg. And, and, and I, I bring that up because sometimes we use language without really thinking about where the language came from or what it means or, or the etymology. That's one of my favorite words, etymology. And, and we use language sometimes without even thinking. And one of the words that I have tried to stop using is calling our gatherings, our meetings as Christians, calling them a service. And, and the reason I, I don't like that word is, well, let me tell you where the word service came from. I looked this up this week. The word service comes from an old Latin word that really has its roots in slavery. 
And Christians began calling their gathering services because they believed that they were coming together to offer their service to God in worship. And so uh, if I am a servant of God, I'm going to come and I'm going to sing and I'm going to give and I'm going to, I'm going to direct all my focus on God as my service. The reason I think this, this language is a little problematic is because the word service, when we, when we think about it, that kind of conveys that when we gather, everything is just a two-way street. It's all about me and my relationship with God. That's all that's happening on a Sunday morning is me and God. And I think that's a little bit of a problem. Another reason why I don't like the word is because if you don't think very deeply about it, you might think you're coming to church and you're sitting in a seat and you're paying some money because you are expecting in something in return. You're expecting someone to serve you. And again, that's a little bit of a problem in my brain. So I've stopped referring to these gatherings as services. Sometimes I slip up and say it because it's part of our language and, and we have habits, right? But, but as we've been reading through the book of 1 Corinthians together these last uh, 9, 10 weeks, I think we're seeing together as a church family, we're seeing that gathering together is so much more than what I can get out of it. Would you agree with me? Those of you that have been with us these last weeks, we're seeing that when we come together, we have a lot to give. And it's just as much about me and God as it is about me and you. There's a vertical component to our gatherings and there's a horizontal component, which is why I wanted to ask you this morning to turn to somebody, find them and say, you can trust God. He's not going to let you down. And those words of encouragement sometimes make such a big difference. And so uh, I, I want us to turn today, if you're joining us for the first time today, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we've been walking through the Bible uh, book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. And today I want to start in chapter 12. Our focus is in chapter 14 this week. But I want to start in, in chapter 12. And I want you to see a couple of verses that are going to set the table for us today. These verses are up on the screen. In chapter 12, we read that it's the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. Many different varieties of gifts. Today, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the, the, the New Testament was written in the Greek language. This book that we're reading is actually a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church in a city called Corinth, and it's written in Greek, and that word gifts is the Greek word charisma. Isn't that interesting? The word charisma is in our English language. We usually think of someone who has charisma as somebody who's bright and bubbly and gregarious, right? In the Greek language, that word actually means a gift of divine grace or a gift of spirit-bestowed power. The root word of that Greek word charisma is the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which just means grace. Do you know what grace is? We sometimes sing the song Amazing Grace, how great the sound, who saved a wretch like me, right? 
And, and we have lots of definitions in our brains. If you've been a church person for any length of time, you might know. And, and usually we attach grace to forgiveness and mercy and those kinds of things. Do you know grace is so much more? Grace is rooted in the power of God. Grace is rooted in the generosity of God. And I heard somebody use a metaphor of grace like a tree that is standing with its branches spread wide, uplifted to the sun, and it's receiving everything it needs from the sun and from the rain and from its roots. It receives everything that it needs without any effort. That's a picture of grace. You don't have to work for grace. You don't have to conjure up grace. You don't have to be good enough for grace. God just bestows his grace on you powerfully. And part of that grace, if you're a Christ follower, part of that grace is spiritual gifts. Isn't that beautiful? You got so quiet. Did you know you have spiritual gifts? I'm going to get ahead of myself, so let's go on to the next verse. Verse 7 in chapter 12 says this. Each believer, everybody say each believer. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. This is so important because when we gather, this isn't just about what you get. This is just as much about what Holy Spirit is going to give you to give to someone else. If you're taking notes today, this is the big idea that I want you to leave with today. I hope you'll think about this. I hope you'll talk about it in the car. I hope you'll talk about it over lunch today. Here's the big idea. God is giving each of us grace gifts. That's the word I'm going to use for that Greek word charisma today. He's giving each of us grace gifts to share when we gather. Let me say it one more time. God is giving each of us grace gifts to share when we gather. Now, we, uh, Chris and I are, are hosting a small group in our, in our home. It's a group for uh, new connectors, and we've got a great group. And uh, as we were working through our discussion guide this week, uh, somebody mentioned in our group that they were so thankful that we were studying 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 together because 13 is the love chapter, right? And they had never seen before how that's connected to chapter 12, which is all about spiritual gifts. And I said, I'm kind of sorry we didn't group 12, 13, and 14 all together because these three chapters go all together. And I just want to frame this today because we're going to spend most of our time in chapter 14. But I want you to think, chapter 12, the biggest thing Paul is talking about in chapter 12 is that there is so much diversity in the church body, and we need everybody, and we need everybody's gifts, all the spiritual gifts, all the grace gifts. Uh, we need everybody's contribution. Chapter 13 is the famous love chapter, but the point is, if you've got a spiritual gift, it needs to be expressed through love. And last week, Pastor Kelly shared so beautifully, if you were here, we were watching in Seattle. Man, it was powerful as you guys all shared love at the end of that teaching time. That was powerful. That was Holy Spirit ministry last Sunday. And then chapter 14, so we start with spiritual gifts, then the gifts are used by love, and then chapter 14 gives us all kinds of practical instructions on how these grace gifts are supposed to be used. And so the question that I want to ask today is how 
do we share our grace gifts? What, what are we going to pick out this week from chapter 14 in, in terms of some practical advice on how to share our grace gifts? And I've got three things that I want to share with you today, three guidelines. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, put on the gloves of love. Put on the gloves of love. Now, I'm going to use a metaphor here that is not original to me. This comes from my wife. Before we were married, Chris was in uh, the Vineyard Movement, a great movement of churches, and, uh, and Chris was mentored by somebody and, and taught how to use the grace gifts from 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And this mentor of Chris's told her, those gifts are like power tools. There's a lot of power. This is part of what grace is. There's power. These gifts are power tools, but before you pick up one of those power tools, you better put on the gloves of love. It's so important. Here's, here's how Paul starts chapter 14. He says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities. In, in this translation, that's that word charisma. You should, you should desire the spiritual gifts, the grace gifts that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, listen, there's all kinds of grace gifts. There's all kinds of gifts that the Lord gives. But when we put on the gloves of love, what you've got to know is that those gifts, those spiritual gifts, they're never about me. If you put on the gloves of love, you begin to understand immediately that it's about the people that you are expressing these gifts to and they have a purpose. It's to help somebody else grow and develop and be encouraged. The gifts are never about manipulation or control or revenge, or punishment. If I put on the gloves of love, it's always something that's going to build and help someone else. As most of you know, I'm a musician, and uh, my, my primary uh, instrument has been piano, and I, I play some other instruments, and I like to sing, but my, my instrument was piano. And I, I came up in a church environment uh, in, in which we didn't have drums and bass and guitars and all that kind of stuff. We just had a piano and an organ. And in, in my uh, church environment, the way I was, I was uh, mentored by other musicians was that the piano player has, a, has an important responsibility. The piano player has the responsibility of getting everybody excited about their worship. Okay. Now, you might have grown up in a church where they just play the, um, just play with the notes on the page. Right? And, and in my church environment, that was a little boring. So, uh, so the job of the piano player was to soup it up and get everybody, get everybody excited. So do you know what song I was just playing? It is well with my soul. Okay. It is well. You're not going to sing with me. Okay. So I was, I was taught to do something like this on a Sunday morning. It is with my soul. Okay. And, and 
in so doing, man, everybody would get excited and they would sing a little louder because that was awesome, right? I did miss a couple notes. It's been a minute since I've done that. And that was, that was and, and listen, I, I practiced and I, and I studied music and, and there, were, there were times when people would tell me, Russ, you really have a spiritual gift with your music. It's a, it's a gift. And, and some people over the years have said that I prophesy when I play the piano. There's a prophetic anointing on, on my piano gift. Do you understand what I'm saying? But here's what I learned. When I, when I left home and I went to college, I started playing with a band. This was in the early 80s, and it was just the beginning of the praise and worship mu- movement. Those of you that are younger, you might not know. We didn't have all of this before about 1981, okay? And uh, boy, when we brought drums into the church, there was a lot of tumult about that. Remember all that discussion about the backbeat that came from... Oh, wow. Anyway, I I digress. Anyway, I I went to college and I started playing with a band, all right? And and I played with bass and drums and guitars and keyboards and we were we were all playing together and and but I still had this old paradigm of just all this hot dogging, all these runs and all this stuff that I was playing, right? And I remember going into a recording studio in, in about, I don't know, 1982 or so with, with our band and we were making a recording and the recording engineer came up to me and said, Russ, you are playing way too much stuff and you've got to simplify. You, you've got to lighten up. You're playing too much stuff. And I'm like, this is what I do. And, and, and he said, the problem is you are filling up every space and there's no room for anybody else to play. Okay? And so he said, I want you... This was the most awful thing anybody ever said to me. He said, I want you to play one note every measure. He wanted me to do this. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my and I'm like, why in the world do you want me to take all that beautiful anointed music out? <laughs> and he says, listen, Russ, the guitar is playing right in this register where your right hand plays. And you got to leave some space for the guitar to prophesy. And your left hand is doing all that funky stuff in the bass. That's where the bass guitar plays. Got to leave some room for him to play. And, and you've got to find, this was the most helpful thing anybody ever said to me. He said, you've got to find a hole and fill it. And you've got to think about what's going to be best for the whole band in the moment. And if you're hot-dogging all the time and drawing all the attention to yourself, nobody else has a chance to minister. That's putting on the gloves of love. Okay? It's, it's bringing my gifts to the, to the group, whatever group I'm with, and it's asking the question, what is going to express love the best in this moment? We've talked a lot about prophecy, and we're going to talk about it a little more this morning, but sometimes, sometimes we can become so self-impressed with our ability to hear God and speak it out that we're just doing all the talking and we never leave space for somebody else to share. 
And the gloves of love would say, hey, maybe, maybe Rasiata just speak once in a while instead of all the time. Leave some room for somebody else. Do you know that sometimes the best spiritual gift or the best grace gift you can give away is a hug, like last Sunday? Do you know there were a whole bunch of connectors last Sunday that just needed somebody to hold them for a little while? Do you know that was a grace gift? That was charisma happening in this place where people were experiencing the kiss of heaven through another human being that just held them. I don't, I don't know if those of you that, that were available to just hug people, I don't know if you knew how powerfully you were being used by the Holy Spirit. But you were using the gloves of love. And sometimes it means you're doing less and letting somebody else shine. And here's what I learned as a musician. I always have an opportunity to show off at some point. But it can't be every measure of every song. Got to leave room for somebody else. Put on the gloves of love. Here's the second thing I want to share with you this morning from chapter 14. First, we put on the gloves of love. The second thing is you join the construction crew. You join the construction crew. You've got, you've got these power tools. You've got the gloves of love on. Now you're going to join the construction crew. What I mean by that is you come together and you've got this, this intention to build up the church. That's the construction crew. Why is it important to build up the church? Well, it's important to build the church because if we are all using our grace gifts that the Holy Spirit is pouring out and we're building each other up and we're getting healthier and healthier and we're growing and we're doing well, listen, the, the, the local church is the hope of the world. I absolutely believe that. And when we are built up and when we're mature, we're going to change the world. That's why we need to be building one another up. If church is just all about me all the time, it's... I'm going to grow. That's awesome. But am I going to change the world by myself? Probably not. We've got to be building together. Here's what Paul says. We're going to keep reading in 1 Corinthians 14. It's up on the screen. He says, when someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but he's speaking to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. There's that build them up idea. Next verse. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. See how Paul is saying, come on, join the construction crew. Let's build things up here. And then he says this. I love this part. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues. So he's not saying tongues is bad. He says, I, I, I want you all to speak in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies and the one who speaks in tongues, unless there's an interpretation, because if there's an interpretation after the tongue, then it builds up the church. Do you see what Paul is saying? Join the construction crew. Now, several weeks ago, if you were with us, we were in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and there was a verse I shared with you that said, knowledge puffs up, but love 
builds up. Do you remember that? And I showed you pictures of all these animals that puff when they're, when they're threatened, right? And we talked about how people who get puffed up in, them, in their own selves, they can do a lot of damage, okay? And, and here's what I want to say to you today is I, I, I'm just aware that some people have joined the wrecking crew instead of the construction crew. And, and you've got some spiritual gifts, you've got some grace gifts, but you're doing a little bit of damage with those gifts. And, and I just want you to think about this. If you're, going for a, if you're going for a swing on a wrecking ball, you might be on the wrong crew. The point of the grace gifts is to build people up, not to tear them down, not to bring division to the body. Join the construction Somebody asked me this week, and I just I want to answer some questions because people have been asking me some really good questions. Somebody asked me this week why here at Connect we use the phrase practicing prophecy. You've heard me use that phrase. You've heard Kelly use that phrase. Um, and, and somebody asked me, why do we use that phrase when it's not in the Bible? And it's, it's a fair question. Um, it's a fair question. And then somebody asked me a follow-up question, actually in a different setting, Somebody asked me this question, um, doesn't it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that not everybody prophesies? You can, you can find that in chapter 12. Here's, here's my response to that. In chapter 14, we just read the verses where Paul said, desire the greater gifts, especially prophecy. Seek after that gift. Go after that gift. And here's my thinking. I don't think Paul would encourage his readers to desire something that was unattainable to them. I believe when Paul says in chapter 12 that not everybody prophesies, he's acknowledging that not everybody wants to prophesy and they don't go after prophecy. But in chapter 14, he says, if you want to join the construction crew, if you want to build people up, you got to go after. And so we talk a lot about, about how we can learn to prophesy, how we can learn to hear God speak and then share that with somebody else. That's my very simple definition of what prophecy is. Sometimes we think prophecy is telling the future. That's actually in the Bible a very, uh, that's a more uh, rare occurrence than just speaking God's truth, just telling somebody what you hear God saying. That's very simply what prophecy is. But we have, to prof we have to practice because we don't always hear God accurately. And in fact, there's another part. We're not going to read it today, but you can look at this later on your own uh, if you want to read through chapter 14. There's part later in the, in the chapter where Paul says, the people who are prophesying should speak, and then everybody else should judge what has been said. Why would he tell us to judge what has been said? Well, it's because sometimes people don't hear accurately. And so when I say I've been practicing hearing God speak, and I want to share this with you, I'm inviting a person to judge what I have to say and say, hey, that lands or that didn't land with me. That's actually a mark of humility when I acknowledge that sometimes I can be wrong. There's, a, there's an idea out there in, in, uh, in people who, who take the, the, 
grace gifts seriously, there's an idea out there that if God gives me a spiritual gift, it comes fully formed, and I can't make a mistake. A couple things I would say to that. Number one, that is a lot of responsibility. It means I'm not really ever going to step out and try. Because if I'm wrong, well, the Old Testament, they stoned the false prophets, right? What, what does Paul say? He said, everybody judge. Then he said, throw out what doesn't come from the Lord and cling to what is good. Okay? I believe Paul is acknowledging that sometimes we, we have to try and, and learn. Let me, let me give you a practical example. Uh, several years ago, we had a connector who really loved the gift of prophecy, and, and, and she used this kind of language all the time. I'm practicing hearing God speak. And I really appreciated that about her. And uh, one week in time, she um, had a couple of dreams that she believed were from the Lord, and she began to share them with, with people. And these dreams made people terrified. They were about people dying. And people got so scared that they just freaked out. And so I met with this young woman and I said, listen, I am so glad that you are listening to God. I am so glad that you are sharing what God is saying to you. But because you invite, because you say I'm practicing and you invite evaluation, I just want to share with you, this is what I see. What you've been sharing this week has made people fearful. And you really need to use a filter and ask yourself, am I building people up or am I tearing them down? And I, and I think you blew it this time, but I don't want you to stop trying. That's what I shared with her. Please don't stop trying. This, this was a miss, but don't stop trying because I want you to prophesy. I want you to build up. The, and she was on the construction crew until she moved away great, great young woman. Loved her so much. And I loved that she had the humility to receive that from me. Some people, and I've had this happen to me, some people, years ago, one woman walked up to me and she said, do you or do you not want the word of the Lord? I am not joking. That is exactly what came out of her lips. And when I said, that's not the word that I'm getting, there's no confirmation, there's nothing that's jiving here, she quit the church and walked away, okay? Do you see the difference? And that humility is so valuable because when we bring things in humility, we, we, we build up the church with such greater effectiveness because nobody likes a know-it-all, right? So using a little bit of humility is really a good thing, joining the construction crew. One of the reasons why I think prophecy is so important, especially in this hour, Paul said it was important for the Corinthians, but one of the reasons that I, I think God has been leading Connect into being people who are hearing God and sharing it with others is because we are in a season as Westerners, Americans, Western, Western people, in which truth no longer matters to a large segment of our population. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? When I was growing up in, in the 20th century, um, 
we were at the height of enlightenment thinking and, and knowledge and, and, and people wanted to convince people to become Christians because, because we thought we could convince people that this is the truth and if you will acknowledge that Jesus is true, then of course you're going to follow Jesus. Well, culture has changed and now in the 21st century, everybody believes that they can choose what is true, right? You hear people say all the time, I'm going to share my truth. The implication there is that your truth is different, and I respect your truth, but I'm going to share my truth, and don't mess with my truth. My truth is my truth. I chose my truth, right? And so I believe 100% that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. But we need a little bit of different strategy to lead people to Jesus, and I believe that part of it is having a power encounter with the presence of God, okay? And so... What that power encounter can look like is when we hear God give us a message for an unbeliever who doesn't know Jesus, but we say, listen, God told me this, and we share it with them, they can have this aha moment where they go, who is this God you know, and how can I know him as well? We're seeing this happen all over the world. And one of the reasons we're being kind of aggressive here at Connect is because God is calling us to get back to the to the habit of people fishing, bringing people to know Jesus. And listen, if we're full of the Holy Spirit, why not leverage the power of the Holy Spirit to help bring people to Jesus? It doesn't all have to be about the four spiritual laws and believing the right things. Am I making sense to anybody? Somebody say amen. amen. So, so I'm pushing you a little bit. But here's what I want you to know. I am not pushing you to a place that I'm not willing to go myself. And so whenever I'm out in public, I have been asking the Lord to give me opportunities to hear a message to share with somebody. And um, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's hard. Pretty easy to do it in church. But it's hard when you're out interacting with people you don't know. But I'm trying and I'm practicing. Can I give you a couple of stories? So uh, last weekend, we were celebrating Chris's birthday. And, uh, and we were in Seattle. And we went to an Italian restaurant that we had never been to before. And, and it was this wonderful little place. The food was awesome. And when we walked in, I recognized there were frescoes on all the walls. And they were all copies of the biblical stories from the Sistine Chapel. You know, so it was like walking into a cathedral and then there's this beautiful food. I mean, it was just awesome. And uh, the owner of the restaurant was working the room. And, uh, and when we were first seated, he came and he introduced himself to us and said, I'm the owner. And this Sunday, he said, I am celebrating 30 years in business. I opened this restaurant in 1993. And I said, congratulations. I said, Chris and I were married in 1994, and so we're coming up on 30 years, and we just, we just shared. And then as we, as we had our meal, we watched as he just worked the room. And he went to every table and welcomed every customer. He went to every person at the bar and, and welcomed them. Some people that he knew, he was, he was walking around, he was pouring wine and pouring more wine and pouring... And, and I mean, there was just this incredible hospitality that I've, I don't think I've ever seen in a restaurant owner in my life. And, and I started asking the Lord, his name, his name is Mauro, M-A-U-R-O. 
And, and I started asking the Lord, Lord, will you, give me, will you give me a prophetic word for tomorrow? And, uh, and I listened for a while, and then I got real nervous, right? You ever been there? Whew, I think I know what God wants me to share with Maro. And, and so um, he came around. I said, Maro, come here, come here. And, and I, wanted to, I wanted to do kind of a smooth transition. I didn't just want to say, this is what God is saying to you, Maro. So I, you know, I, I wanted to soften a little bit. So I started this way. I said, Maro, I said, are you a spiritual man? And he said, oh, yes, I'm a very spiritual man. And I said, okay, good. Can I tell you what I think God is saying to you in this moment? And then I shared a message with him. And he got so excited. And next thing I know, he's kissing me on the cheeks and he's kissing Chris on the cheeks. And, and we took a selfie. Here's the selfie of the two of us with Maro. And look at that smile. We just had this moment that was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't pray with him to receive Jesus. I, I think he probably knows Jesus. But let me, t- let me tell you, I was scared. I, that was scary. But I did it, and it landed, and it was good. Now, can I tell you a story of one that didn't land? So this week, Chris and I had to go to Billings. And, uh, and we went to a restaurant in Billings one night. And our server's name was Heather. And as soon as we got seated in this restaurant, uh, we we started interacting with our server, and I could tell she wasn't in a good place. Um, And I I couldn't tell you exactly what was going on in her life, but I knew that things weren't well with her. And as the evening went on and as we interacted more, I just knew that she was in a lot of pain. And because I could see her pain, I really, really wanted to minister to her and I, and I began to pray. I didn't even tell Chris I was doing this. I just started listening, and I was saying silently to myself, Lord, give me something that I can share with Heather. And uh, as I was praying, the Lord showed me that Heather was not sleeping, and something was keeping her up at night. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell her, Heather, tonight, the Lord is going to give you supernatural rest and you're going to sleep tonight. And I just wanted an opportunity to pray with her for that. And so just like Morrow, I wanted to have some kind of smooth transition. And so Heather came to our table and it was towards the end of our meal and she came over to the table with our bill. And I said, Heather, I, I can tell that you are really heavy burdened. And she just reacted like this. And I spooked her and she dropped the bill and ran away. And it was one of those restaurants where you, you, have a little, you have a little thing, so you just check yourself out, right? And then I went looking for her. I really wanted to share with her what the Lord, and I couldn't find her. I spooked her. So that was a miss. So this is why practice is good, right? Because I'm, I'm asking the Lord now in retrospect, how could I have done this better? How, how could I have shared with her in a way that didn't spook her? And, and Chris and I prayed for her that night and just asked the Lord to give her the rest he promised. And I, I will never know, right? But uh, listen, I believe this is the purpose of the grace gifts. We're building people up 
in the church, we're building this body of believers, strengthening, encouraging, and comforting is what we like to say. I'll prophesy in a sec, right? But outside these walls, with people we don't know, we're inviting them to know a God who knows them and loves them. And sometimes you'll have a hit, and sometimes you'll have a miss. And you know what? It's okay. We're all learning this together. But I want to invite you to join the construction crew. Sound like a plan? One more way. This one will be shorter. Number three. If you're going to use your grace gifts well, you've got to bring your toolbox to the construction site. Isn't this metaphor fun? What I mean by this is when you come to our gatherings, whether it's a church gathering or it's a small group gathering or just dinner in somebody's home, come to your gatherings prepared to share the grace gifts that God is giving you. You have something to give here. It's not just a place to receive. You have something. Well, let me get to, to 1 Corinthians. Verse 26 in chapter 14 says this. When you conduct your meetings, see, even Paul doesn't say services. He says meetings. When you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. That's the construction site. And whether you share a song of praise, watch this, pay attention. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue and interpretation, let each one contribute to what strengthens others. Now, I studied this verse out very carefully, and it's very important for you to know that that, that phrase, let each one, that's a word in the Greek language that means every single person. Paul is saying when we come, toge come together, Every single person has a grace gift to pass on to somebody else. And he gives us this beautiful list of what it might be. It might be a song. Maybe you've learned something this week that you could share with somebody else and encourage them and help them along. Maybe God has showed you a revelation that you could share with somebody. Or, what if you have a message in tongues and an interpretation? Now that would be weird, wouldn't it? But Paul's saying, hey, it could happen. You know what? That last one hasn't happened very often at Connect. Maybe one or two times in 16 years. But it could happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it could happen. It'd be real weird, but it could happen. Might be awesome. Let me go back to the big idea from the very beginning of this message. Here's what I want you to know. God is giving each of us. Everybody say each of us. God is giving each of us grace gifts to share when we gather. Listen, I believe the Holy Spirit is like the Oprah of the Trinity. When we get together, you get a gift and you get a gift and you get a gift. Now, I don't share that to insult the Holy Spirit, but you know how the Oprah show used to be. If you went to the Oprah show, sometimes you'd leave with a car. Sometimes you'd just have a bottle of lotion, but you always went away with a gift, okay? And it's no different when we, come, when we gather. The Holy Spirit is giving every person a gift, and it's something that you can share. 
You want to know what those gifts are? They're listed in chapter 12. Let me just read this quickly to you. These are gifts that, that the Holy Spirit gives to every believer. And, and you might experience each one of these at different times in your life. Paul says, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. What, what that is, is how the Lord showed me that Heather was not sleeping at night. That's a gift of revelation knowledge. I really wish I could have shared that with her. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. To another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. Bless you. And to another, the gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, listen, these are not personality traits. These are not natural characteristics. These are grace gifts that the Lord gives when you need them to share with somebody else. And I think the picture he's drawing is that when we come together on a Sunday, it's not going to be all one gift. Everybody's going to come with something different, and we're just going to give away the gifts to each other. Amen. Am I... Am I Am I showing you something that sounds really beautiful? To me, it sounds so beautiful. In Romans chapter 12, there's another list of gifts. There's some crossover, and there's some different ones. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging others, generosity, compassion. When you come to church, when you come to your small group, you've got to come with your toolbox filled with the power tools. So you have something to give away because he's giving each of us grace gifts to share when we gather. Let's pray. You believe in the Trinity, yes? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I believe you can pray to each person of the Trinity, and I'm going to do that. Father, Jesus invited us to call you Abba, Father. You're a good dad. Everything about you is goodness. So today we trust you. Jesus, you came to show us the way to the Father. You, you came to explain the way of grace. You came so that each one of us could be reconnected to God. And it's such an honor, Jesus. And then you, when, you, when you ascended into heaven, you promised that you wouldn't leave us alone. You sent Holy Spirit. And we are a people who live in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's so awesome. So thank you, Jesus, for sending Holy Spirit. And now, Holy Spirit, I want to invite you today to breathe on us. Holy Spirit, we're ready. And we're opening our ears, we're opening our hearts to receive whatever gifts you want to give to us individually, not so that we will show off, but so that we can give it away to somebody else. So Holy Spirit, 
We just want to say, will you now just begin whispering to us and empowering us to share the gifts that you're pouring out on us? Amen. Okay, I want to take you back to this verse one more time, and then we're going to we're going to let Holy Spirit do what he does. In the past, in the past when, when I have invited you to prophesy to one another, do you remember this? If you've been with us a while, you, you'll remember. I ask you to look around the room and see if God will highlight somebody's face. And when somebody just stands out to you, I believe that God is going to, is going to give you a word for that person. Now, I've been... The last year or so, I've been reading the Bible this way. And when I'm reading the Bible, I just ask the Lord to have something jump off the page at me. And this is the verse that jumped off the page at me this week. When you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue and interpretation... Let each contribute what strengthens others. And I believe what Holy Spirit was saying to me early this week, and I've been praying about it all week, and my my team thinks I'm crazy for going here. But what I believe Holy Spirit told me is he's he's going to bring each of these things to manifestation in our room today. Somebody here today is going to be led by the Spirit to begin singing a song. And it's going to build us up. Somebody might have something you've learned this week, not a sermon, just a nugget of truth that you want to pass on, a teaching. Somebody's going to have some kind of word of knowledge, something the Holy Spirit has revealed to you. And I think today, I think today, Somebody's going to have a message in tongues, and it might be the same person, or it might be a different person who will have the interpretation for those tongues. Okay? So we're just going to let Holy Spirit speak, and if the Lord gives one of you any of those things, will you share it with us? Now, because we have an online community, if you have something to share, I'm going to ask you to come up and do it into the microphone. And, and this is the other thing I want you to know. It might be for the whole group. It might be for one other person, okay? So my challenge to you is before you leave today, would you share something good? It might, it might be nothing more than a really warm hug from Abba Father. That might be your gift to pass on today. But would you, would you share a gift with someone today before you leave? But before we, before we close with a song... I want us to give space for Holy Spirit to minister in one of these ways, or any of these ways. Do you understand what I'm asking you to do? Okay. Let's stand to our feet. Tosh, leave that verse up there, would you? Just so you know that Holy Spirit is giving us these things. Okay. Holy Spirit, we're ready. What have you got for us? Do you have something, Jason? Or are you just standing majestically? All right. 
you stand magnificently. <laughs> okay, anybody have something that you feel like you should share with everyone? Thank you. Mark, I'm so excited. He showed me your book, and he said, publish it. I don't know what that means, but. Tell everybody a little bit about Sean's book. Well, I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> but he has a book, and you feel Holy Spirit is saying, publish it. That's what I got. All right. Awesome. So that is that divine revelation that God gave to Mark. Now, okay, now our job is to judge. Okay, so that was specifically for you, Sean. Does that land or does that not land? It lands. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you, Mark, for being obedient. Cool. Okay, somebody else. Come on, Julie. Uh, the Lord just brought a song back to me, just a little part of it, and it's, um, you bring water in the desert, you calm my restless heart, you speak peace to my spirit, you're everything and more, you're my everything. Would you do it one more time? Would you do it one more time? You speak water. No, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> you bring water in the desert. You calm my restless heart. You speak peace to my spirit. You're everything and more. You're my everything. Who needed to be built up with that song? Raise your hand so Julie can see you today. Okay. Julie, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for giving Julie that song. I've never heard it before. But I say amen to that message. You are my everything. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else. Good. Kelly. This word is for Jason. And I, <laughs> you shake your head at me. <laughs> I might be totally wrong. Um, but I, I saw you standing in the back as the service started. And I just felt the heart of God so um, moved by where you are and what's going on in your life. I know a little bit that part's not prophetic. But I felt like as I was praying, I felt like Holy Spirit said to me, you were never a man who partnered with lack. In fact, there was a dedication in your heart in the very beginning, in the early days, where you said, I'll be the adventurer. I'll be the one that does the impossible. I will be your yes man. 
And I felt like Holy Spirit was saying, do you think that I've changed my mind? Do you think that I've brought you this far to let you down? Do you think that I've brought you this far because I'm, I'm unpleased, that I'm displeased with you, that I'm going to disappoint you? You know better than that, man of God. You remember the days of old when we did ex extraordinary works together, you and me. You are still that man, and I am still that God. Yep, yep, yep. And if you'll take hold of my hand, and you will, and you will take hold, Firmly, the vision that I've planted in your heart, you will see that it will come to pass because I have more for you than what you can perceive. And this, this word has not expired, nor will it ever expire over your life in Jesus' name. Wow. Did it land, Jason? All of us who know you know that that landed. God, you're so good. You're so good. Anybody else? Listen, I felt like Holy Spirit said, there would be this message in tongues, and I don't want to freak anybody out, and I don't want to try to manufacture something. But if the Lord is giving you a message in your prayer language, I feel like he's saying, bring it, because he has something powerful to say to us. So anybody got that? Chris will share with you. This doesn't happen to me, but she will share with you. She gets this pit in her stomach when God has something for her, and she feels like she has to throw up. If you're getting, if you're getting that feeling, you better come. And it's Susie. so funny because like a teaching team on Thursday I was like you're you're crazy Russ but I felt like it was gonna be me so oh so you like, knew ahead of time it was gonna be you that's awesome <laughs> you don't have to do it in the microphone if you don't want to but do it loud enough so everyone can hear <laughs> You don't have the interpretation? All right. Okay. So what the Bible says is that the Lord will give somebody the interpretation. So who is that person in our gathering that has an interpretation? He's giving it to you now. This is awesome. He said, my people, my people. If you only knew how much I loved you. If you only knew the price that I paid. You would come to me. You would lift your hands high. You would give it all. He says, all I need is a simple yes. But sometimes that yes comes with a, a sacrifice. But I'll be gentle and kind to you. It's mm, beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you, Susie. Okay, question for all of you. Did that land? 
Somebody wave at me if that landed. Okay, good. This is Michaela. Okay, I what don't do you know got? if this is related. I don't think it is, but I also have the throw-up feeling, so here I am. <laughs> um, so last week, we, in our small group, Zillennials, we went over the same chapter, and this one verse stood out to me, and it's um, actually verse 8, and it, it's the verse that says, if the bugle makes a garbled sound, who will recognize the signal to show up for the battle? So I was kind of like, okay, that stands out, but I don't really know what. So I dug into it a little bit more, and I looked at the verses before and after, as, as you do in a ribbon chase, just to kind of see what, what is standing out to me. And um, this, the verse before, and the couple verses before, when it's talking about, um, it says, what good is it if I come to you always speaking in tongues, but if I come with insight or prophecy or with a clear teaching, I can enrich you. Similarly, if musical instruments are out of tune and don't play the arrangement clearly, how will anyone recognize the melody? And this just spoke so clearly to me that someone can be in the battle of their life. And this, this chapter where it's talking about, it's our jobs to kind of take up that, take out, put the gloves of love on and just serve and just say, yes, God, I'm just going to take what you tell me and I'm going to run with it because that melody that you're practicing in your own life can be the sound that someone needs to pick up their weapons and fight the battle. Mm. They need someone that can tell them clearly. And if you say yes to God and you just say, okay, God, here's the love, here's everything that I have, I am giving it to you. He will use that. And that could be the thing that saves someone's life because they might be the, in the battle of their life and have nowhere to look. But if you can be that melody and you can be that person who's saying, God loves you. You are important. You are valued. You are amazing. And I'm here with you. Yeah. And that that melody is so easy to get confused sometimes. I think of, you know, this whole, like, idea of religion sometimes just puts out that melody because it's about what we say and not about how we say it. Or it's about we don't want to upset someone, so we don't say certain things. But that's where we can use the gloves of love and partner with God and just sing this melody as loud as we possibly can because people need to hear it. Michaela, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Did that land? Okay. Susie, the, the, the interpretation of the tongues was an invitation for us to raise our hands and surrender. While the musicians get ready, to lead us in one last song. Would you raise your hands with me and surrender? You know what this means, correct? If somebody sticks a gun in your back, you raise your hands. Not that God is doing that. <laughs> but you raise your hands to say, I have no defensive weapons. This is saying, I'm dropping my defenses. I'm coming to you with nothing held back. That's what this is saying. So would you just repeat a prayer with me? 
out loud, with your out loud voice. Lord Jesus, I am raising my hands, and I'm coming to you in surrender. I'm not going to hold anything back anymore, because I know you're good, and I know you have a plan. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's sing. Yes, he does. That's <laughs> awesome. Darkness rejoiced in the heavens. 
So before you go, share something good with somebody else. Hug, a laugh, a teaching. Man, talk in tongues to somebody if you want to. I don't care. Um, we will have our members meeting in about 10 minutes right here. If you are a member at Connect Church, be sure you sign in. And then we're going to ratify Jeff and we'll let you go to lunch. Okay? See you next Sunday, everybody.